This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Good morning. It is Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. Welcome to Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. I'm Alex Mike. Let's hit those horns and go. Coming up on the show today, more pharmacies in Canada are making prescriptions accessible through ScriptCoff. Richie Lefebvre from Envision America tells you all about it. Director Jake Simperman discusses his new documentary, Concrete Gridiron, about Buffalo's very first wheelchair football team from Vienna, Austria, with an update on the Zero Project Conference. But we are going to begin first with the top news stories of the day. Tomorrow, Putin calling for Russia to end the war. Patrick Revel has more. The United Nations General Assembly is considered likely to pass a resolution today or tomorrow calling for Russia to immediately withdraw its troops from Ukraine. It would be a non-binding resolution, but it would be a very strong show of continuing global support for Ukraine, time to coincide with the one-year anniversary of the full-scale invasion. China, meanwhile, has sent top uh, foreign officials to Russia with the possibility of President Xi visiting the country soon comes amid concerns from the U.S. That, you, that China is considering providing lethal aid to Russia for its war. And Vladimir Putin hosted uh, China's top foreign policy official in Moscow on Wednesday. After that, Putin said that he is now expecting President Xi Jinping to visit Russia in the spring. Now, sticking with the Russia-Ukraine war, Canadian grain storage supplies have arrived in Ukraine at a critical time. Laura Osman files this report. Ole Hies runs a farm in a small town near the border with Poland, far from the front lines of the war, but says the conflict made the last growing season incredibly difficult. He says the cost of diesel and fertilizers have gone way up, and with the Black Sea effectively blocked most of the year, farmers had few options to sell their harvest. Further east, grain storage was destroyed by Russian missile attacks and landmines. Help came in the form of temporary grain storage as part of an aid partnership between Canada, Japan and the United Nations. Laura Osman, the Canadian Press, Cherneve, Ukraine. Tensions are on the rise between Israel and Palestine following an Israeli attack that left 10 Palestinians dead. Karen Chamas has the latest. The Israeli military said six rockets were fired from the Gaza Strip towards the country's south, five of which were intercepted. Israeli aircraft then struck several targets in northern and central Gaza, including a weapons manufacturing site and a Hamas military compound. There were no reports of injuries in Israel or Gaza. The violence comes in the first weeks of Israel's new far-right government, which has promised to take a tough line against Palestinians and pledged to ramp up settlement construction on lands Palestinians seek for their future state. I'm Karen Chamas. Back here at home, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says that closing a rural access point in southern Quebec used by migrants to cross into Canada from the U.S. would not solve the issue of people seeking asylum. The problem is we have 6,000 kilometres worth of undefended shared border with the United States. And as we saw with tragedies at Emerson, as we've seen uh, challenges elsewhere across the country, people will choose to cross elsewhere. The Prime Minister said that the best way to close the Roxham Road uh, entrance is to renegotiate the Canada-U.S. safe third country agreement. Under the agreement, most asylum seekers cannot make claims at official border crossings between the two countries. However, that does not apply to people who illegally cross into Canada outside of an official border crossing. The government says that 39,000 people have claimed asylum in Quebec last year, after crossing into Canada through irregular crossings, with most coming through Roxham Road. The James Webb Space Telescope has spotted some new massive galaxies, and Ed Donahue shares more. Lead researcher Evo Labby and his team were expecting to find little baby galaxies. It was kind of shocking because some of these galaxies were 13 billion light years away. 
and they had 100 billion solar masses of stars. And so what that means is that we are viewing these galaxies very shortly after the Big Bang. The objects were so big and bright that some team members thought they had made a mistake. As opposed to the Milky Way, which is this grand design spiral galaxy like you have seen in pictures, you know, with the beautiful spiral arms, this galaxy is 30 times smaller. So all those stars are jam-packed. Labby says an early lesson from the Webb telescope is to let go of your expectations and be ready to be surprised. I'm Ed Donahue. And finally, back here in Ontario, we are currently dealing with the grips of a massive winter storm. Karen Rebo has the latest. Hydro One reported about 29,000 homes and businesses in southwestern Ontario were without power this morning, mostly in the Windsor area, after a storm system blew in from the northern U.S. with a mix of freezing rain and ice pellets. Some ice fell in other areas too, but snow was a bigger problem. Buses are cancelled at several school boards, including across the greater Toronto and Hamilton area and in Ottawa. More than 100 flights in and out of Toronto's Pearson Airport are cancelled after the storm died about 17 centimeters of snow on Toronto. Karen Rebo, the Canadian Press, Toronto. And that's it for the news. Now it's time to look at the daily poll. On Wednesday, we asked you, how do you deal with bad weather during the week? Obviously, we're dealing with a massive storm. So change your morning commute. Zero percent of you uh, did the changing of the commute, which I, I thought was surprising. 57% of you said stay home or work remotely. 43% of you said don't change anything. And 0% of you said other. So it's either you, you work from home or you go in as, as planned. Uh, but for today's poll, I want to ask you, uh, based on a story that's coming out about how Google is looking to restrict news within the country, I want to find out how do you consume your news? Do you do it by... TV, you're watching your standard news, or maybe you're watching this show and getting your news from uh, from here or other AMI programs. Are you are you reading print and or online newspapers? Are you listening to the radio, or are you getting it just through online and social media sources? So be sure to vote on the poll at face uh, on Facebook at Accessible Media Inc. or on Twitter through Accessible Media. Now for me. I typically do a bit of a combination of a few different ones. I, I typically turn on the TV. I'll watch the standard 6 o'clock, 6.30 news, get my, my news that way. But throughout the day, I'm going to be checking my social media feeds. I'm going to be seeing these different... I follow a bunch of different news organizations. So I'm, I'm following their, their feeds, their websites, their news alerts. And that's typically how I stay informed throughout the day. But let's bring in Mike Ross and get his take. Mike... How do you consume your news? Uh, I think this is a poll that uh, we, we need that fifth option, which is uh, all of the above, <laughs> really, because um, depending on what news I'm consuming, I will go to different sources. But uh, generally speaking, I'm definitely into print and online. I subscribe to uh, different publications. And of course, with my involvement on the Globe and Mail today, I get a lot of it from the Globe and Mail. And I hope that uh, a lot of uh, the audience out there is getting some of their news from the Globe and Mail today because uh, we work pretty hard picking out stories that we think our audience uh, is interested in as far as consuming daily news. Um, TV is still a big one for me. And, uh, you know, I, I tend to take... Um, that news with a grain of salt uh, at times and have learned over the years to differentiate between what is the entertainment on a news channel and what is actually news. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say the biggest one, Alex, would be uh, online and uh, publications from reputable newspapers and news sources. Well, one thing I'm, I'm curious, Mike, does you, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but for me, I find certain sources, certain um, mediums for news are better suited to cover different types of stories. Like if there is a breaking news story that's happening, I, I want to get the alert online, but then I'm going to turn on the TV. I'm going to watch mm -hmm. the actual uh, live commentary, the analysis and, and the coverage and the footage of what's actually happening. So it's it, it, it's it, 
funny where you kind of have to look at it. It's like, well, depending on how a story is coming together or what is happening, you know, it, it's going to maybe uh, determine what type of news or, or uh, medium you're using or turning to in order to consume that news story or those topics. Yeah, I think basically when you get into prime time hours, sort of 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock p.m. onwards, um, you're into the entertainment side of things, right? So you're not, you whether you're, you're a CNN watcher or you're a Fox News watcher, you're not getting news. You're getting commentary. You're getting opinion. You're getting entertainment. And I mean, that, that, that much has been admitted by the people who participate in those shows. Uh, but you're right. When it comes to, you know, uh, you, you see an alert on your phone and I want that immediate live coverage. I mean, for me, the, the sort of the default has always been go to CBC and, and certainly a lot of respect for CTV as well. But the CBC News is kind of just ingrained in me from a very young age. Uh, but I, I think, generally speaking, we do a pretty good job at uh, at news coverage in Canada. Uh, when it comes to the United States, you know, I think CNN is still the one that you go to for that live breaking news story. But again, after 7 p.m., basically when you're digesting your dinner, I think you got to start really taking a hard look at what you are consuming uh, as far as what you think is news versus what is actually opinion. And that's a very good point, Mike. And uh, thank you. We'll come back to you in a second. But first, for you at home, we want you to participate in this poll. We want to hear where you most likely get your news from. So be sure to vote on Facebook at Accessible Media Inc. or on Twitter at Accessible Media. And now we'll head back to Mike, who has the weather update. Thank you, Alex. This is your AMI National Weather Report from Environment Canada. We begin in St. John's, Newfoundland, a mix of sun and cloud today with the temperature falling to minus 11. The wind chill is going to be minus 21. In Halifax, there's light snow today, a temperature near minus 6, and the wind chill minus 15. In Montreal, about 5 centimeters of snow coming your way. The temperature steady near minus 11, the wind chill minus 21. In Ottawa, there will be periods of snow between 2 and 4 centimeters in total. The high is minus 10. The wind chill minus 23 this morning and will rise to minus 13 this afternoon. In Toronto, there are periods of freezing drizzle or ice pellets on the way with a high of plus 1. The wind chill minus 15 this morning, minus 3 this afternoon. In Thunder Bay, snow about 2 to 4 centimeters total with a high of minus 7... <coughs> Excuse me. Some snow pellets in my throat. <laughs> Don't worry, Mike. One, one night grab it for, uh, uh, from you. So in Thunder Bay, there's snow with around two to four centimeters. The high is minus 17. The wind chill is like feeling like minus 30. And there is a risk of frostbite. Over in Winnipeg, Manitoba, it's a mix of sun and clouds. The high is minus... 20, but it's feeling like minus 40 this morning and going to feel like minus 30 in the afternoon with that wind chill. There is also a risk of frostbite. So Saskatoon, Saskatchewan is a mix of sun and clouds. The high is minus 3, but that wind chill again quite bitter at minus 42 this morning. And it will warm up a bit to feel like minus 31 in the afternoon. In Calgary, Alberta, it's cloudy. The high is minus 25. That wind chill, minus 40 this morning and minus 35 in the afternoon. Again, there's that frostbite warning and advisory continues. And it continues on as we make our way to Edmonton, Alberta, where it's a mix of sun and clouds. The high is minus 22, but the wind chill makes it feel like minus 40 in the morning and then minus 32 in the afternoon. Up in Yellowknife, Northwest Territories, it is sunny with a high of minus 28. The wind chill, feels like minus 46 this morning and then it feels like minus 37 in the afternoon. There's also frostbite uh, warning in effect there. Over to Vancouver, BC. Thankfully, there's no frostbite warnings in the forecast. It's clearing skies. The high is plus one, but the wind chill makes it feel like minus nine this morning. 
And finally, in Victoria, BC, there are some clearing skies today. The high is plus two, and the wind chill makes it feel like minus 10 in the morning. And that's the rest of your AMI National Weather Report from Environment Canada. And coming up next, more pharmacies in Canada are making pre uh, prescriptions accessible through Script Talk. Richie Lefebvre from Envision America tells you all about it. You're watching now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Welcome back to Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. The Canadian Council of the Blind and the Alliance for Equi uh, Equality of Blind Canadians have recently partnered with Envision America to expand accessible prescriptions in Canada. Here to tell you more about it is Richie Lefebvre. Richie is the Product Support and Service Manager for Envision America. Good morning, Richie. How is it going? Good morning, Alex. Uh, doing great here. How are you? I'm not too bad. So. What does this new partnership mean for Canadians? It's a wonderful, I mean, it's really started off as a wonderful relationship. Uh, the, the people at the CCV and the AEBC have been uh, more than welcoming of our product, Script Talk. Um, it, really what it entails is getting the word out there. And I think that's the biggest part of the partnership here is letting people in Canada with a vision impairment know that there are options for them to stay safe and independent with their medications. Now, the device that is making these prescriptions accessible is called Scriptox. Prior to this device, what was available for people to access their medications? Boy, you know, we've heard a lot of stories, uh, you know, in, in previous to Script Talk, you know, there are other options out there. Um, there are options to for people to use um, to stay safe for their medications. But prior to Script Talk, you know, we, we've heard a lot of stories on how uh, individuals stay safe for their medications. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, people that use a rubber band or two rubber bands around their prescriptions, um, tactical bumps on their prescriptions, uh, many different methods that people had to come up with on their own in order to stay safe. Um, and with the development of Script Talk and, and now the, the, the wide availability of Script Talk, uh, it's a game changer. Um, it, it, it definitely saves lives. Now, I understand you have a, a script talk there with you. Can you kind of give us a bit of a, a rundown of it, like what it looks like and how it works? Sure, sure, absolutely. Going right here. <clears throat> so this is the physical script talk unit. It's fairly small. Um, it's about the size of two hockey pucks, a little Canadian fun <laughs> there for you, but um, it's about as tall as a hockey puck as well. Um, it's it's very user-friendly, um, there's, a, there's a button on the side that adjust the volume, turns it turns it on and adjusts the volume. Uh, there's three buttons on the front. One, the button in the middle has a tactical bump. That's the read button. Then you have a previous button and a next button. Very easy to use. I can demonstrate it now for you. Yes, please. The pharmacy has a software called Scriptability to where they put an RFID sticker on the bottom of the medication bottle. Now these stickers can go on boxes, pill packs, vials, anything uh, that prescriptions come in. The pharmacy puts the RFID sticker on the bottle, sends it off to the customer. The customer has this free reader. They, they We're given to this. Envision America uh, provides this free reader at no cost as long as they're with a participating pharmacy. And we can talk about participating pharmacies shortly, but this is this is generally how it works. So the patient or the customer gets the medication at home. They turn on their device, very easy to do. You'll be able to hear it beep a couple of times. Script talk station ready. All right, script talk station ready. Two beeps, it lets the, the, the patient know that it's ready to read. So all they do is they put the medication on top of the unit itself and hits the middle button. It's the read button. Patient, John J. Smith, medication, amoxicillin, 250 milligrams capsule. Instructions, take one capsule three times daily. Quantity, 30. Prescription date, 
March 9th, 2022. And we could pause it right there uh, just to, you know, save everybody a little bit of time. It goes through everything on the prescription label uh, from your name, uh, the patient's name, to the drug, the doses, the instructions. It reads out all of the warnings. Anything that is vital information gets read out loud to the customer. And so that vital information, is it consistent regardless of what the medication is? You're always going to get that same level of information, you know, the name, uh, the, the dosage and everything? Absolutely. It's, um, it's a pharmacy-driven program. So the pharmacist is actually putting that information within their software into the scriptability software. So there's, there's, no, um, there's no chance of mistakes. The pharmacist uh, verifies what's on the label before it goes out to the customer. Um, you know, one of the, the cool things about Script Talk is, is you can arrange the, the headers as you want to hear them. So if you, uh, you know, want to hear your RX number at the beginning of the, of the recording, you can. Um, it, it, so the, the pharmacy has the ability to adjust how everything is heard. That's, that's awesome. Now, what languages uh, does Script Talk come in and how can you adjust the preferences or setting on the device? Great question. Uh, we we provide script talk in 26 different languages. Um, generally, if somebody is requesting a, a specific language, we would pre-program that language into the script talk device here and send it out to the customer. Uh, but we do have the ability to do 26 languages, and French Canadian being one of them. That that's good to hear. Now you did mention a bit earlier about. The devices are free when uh, you're working with a participating pharmacy. Can you kind of tell us a bit more about what pharmacies are participating and how people can go out uh, go about finding out if their pharmacy is participating? Absolutely. So some of the bigger pharmacies that participate uh, with Script Talk right now would be Sobeys, London Drug, Shoppers. Um, we're still working with companies such as Jean Couture, Loblaw, and Unipri. Um, so we're working on those right now, but some of the bigger ones, and I would say probably the best one uh, for people to really talk to their pharmacist uh, about Script Talk is, is at a Sobeys. Uh, Sobeys has implemented Script Talk nationwide in all of their stores. So really all the customer, the patient, anybody with a vision impairment or print impairment just needs to go talk to their pharmacist and, and ask about Script Talk, ask about the options uh, that they have for uh, for getting the device. Nice. Now, I will I will say that a lot of um, many Sobeys may not know they offer the service, uh, but it, you just got to be talking to the, the right person. The pharmacy manager is always the best person to talk to when you're requesting uh, script talk. No, that's awesome to hear, and it's it's great that it's available nationwide for folks at home that they know. Okay, if I go to a Sobeys, I will be able to get one. But beyond the pharmacy, how can someone go about owning one of these script talk devices? A great question. Again, um, you know, as as we, uh, you know, continue to grow our partnership with the CCB and AEBC, um, I encourage people to reach out to them. Uh, they have the ability, they have the reach uh, to be able to get the information to you. Um, another method is to contact us directly, um, and I can provide those those phone numbers for you at your request, Alex. Um, but I would I would have people reach out to us. We will we're more than happy to call your pharmacy, work with your pharmacy, and, and advocate on your behalf. Yeah, that's that's great to hear, uh, Richie. And, you know, we'll make sure to put up all the information on our blog. Thank you so much for taking the time walking me through this really, like, important, but also really fascinating device. I really do appreciate it. Not a problem, Alex. Thanks for your time. And thank you. That was Richie Lefebvre. Richie is the Product Support and Services Manager for Envision America. And for more information, you can go and learn about Script Talk by visiting envisionamerica.com. That is envisionamerica.com. And as I mentioned, we'll have all that information on our blog at ami.ca slash now blog. Coming up after the break, Amy Amanti shares her review of You People, starring Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy. But first, here is Canadian press reporter Karen Rebo with your Morning Business Minute. 
Canada's main stock index dipped lower yesterday while U.S. markets were mixed. As the minutes from the Federal Reserve's latest interest rate decision showed officials agreed that more hikes are on the horizon. Toronto's TSX index closed 59 points lower at 20,193. New York's Dow Jones average lost 84 points and the Nasdaq crept 14 points higher. And our dollar is trading overseas this morning at 73.88 cents U.S. And Ontario is exploring the possibility of building new large-scale nuclear plants in order to meet increasing demand for electricity and phase out natural gas generation. A report late last year by the independent electricity system operator found that Ontario could fully eliminate natural gas from the electricity system by 2050, starting with a moratorium in 2027. But to do so would require about $400 billion in capital spending and more generation, including new large-scale nuclear plants. From the Canadian Press Business Desk. I'm Karen Rebo. Welcome back to Now with Dave Brown on AMI TV. I'm Alex Mike filling in for Dave, who is still often uh, enjoying his time away. It's time for a movie review with Amy Amanti. Before we bring her in, she is reviewing and sharing her thoughts on You People, starring Jonah Hill, Eddie Murphy, and Neil Long. And we get to show you a trailer, which is always exciting. So in the clip you're about to watch, a white man named Ezra meets his black girlfriend's parents, Akbar and Fatima. They sit in a booth at Roscoe's, which bills itself as the home of chicken and waffles. It is so nice to meet you guys. What's going on? Tell me about life. How are you? How's work? So you want to marry my daughter? Yes. Yes, I do. So do you hang out in the hood all the time, or do you just come up here for our food and women? It's a valid question. Ezra nods. It is. What's the difference between me and you? If Amir and I had a baby, it would be a very nice baby. Mixed-race people are really awesome. You know, you have, like, Mariah and Derek Jeter, and then, of course, you have the, the goat. The goat? The greatest of all time. Yeah, I know what it means, but who are you referring to? Our guy, the legend, Malcolm X. What in the mother... Akbar shakes his head. And she's not pregnant because we don't even do that much stuff. She's not a prude. She knows her way around it, and that's... Okay. That, and I respect... And then what I'm saying is I love your daughter, and I would make a good husband. That was a trailer clip of you people starring... Uh, uh, currently streaming on Netflix. Amy Amanti is here now from Vancouver to offer her review. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, Alex. Uh, so You People is a romantic comedy and that holds a lot of social commentary in it. What does this film explore? Yeah, I mean, I think we're getting a little taste of it here. So as you say, it's it's billed as a comedy and it follows uh, Jonah Hill, who uh, plays Ezra. And Ezra comes from, I'm going to use air quotes, the good Jewish family, right? Um, so there's a lot of stereotypes around what that is and what that means. Um, but essentially, we're talking about a mixed-race couple relationship. And uh, Ezra meets the love of his life, Amira. And uh, and we're lo we're looking a lot at the social commentary between um, the, the the racial backgrounds of the two different families. And I think what's really interesting about this particular film, as uh, February is Black History Month, is that is it's exploring a bit of the I'm going to refer to it as microaggressive racism that happens um, between folks of different races. And by microaggressive, I mean like I think I hope that many folks know what like avert racism looks like you know we see this um and i'm talking about racism from white people to, to black people right but the 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 stuff that is the microaggressive stuff that is the everyday labor um and i'm doing a lot of work in anti-oppression and anti-racism which is why i'm recognizing these things um so there's a lot of like so you see uh the father here saying to ezra like do you just hang out in the hood Right, like almost this this uh, wanting to be an ally, but doing it in a performative way. So they're exploring a lot of those uh, tropes and how white people are, um, I guess, uh, maybe doing some of the wrong things around allyship. But that's the social commentary piece that's mixed with the with the comedic aspect. Yeah, and it's always one of those uh, areas that you you can really explore and dive into when you you merge that comedy with the social 
uh, social commentary about it. Now, this film was directed by Kenya Barris, but he also co-wrote it with Jonah Hill. Can you talk a bit about what you made of their collaborative writing style? Yeah, so Kenya Barris is a, a black man and Jonah Hill is a is a white man. And I think that's part of the authenticity of this film because they're trying to explore kind of both sides, right? And again, I, I made this um, uh, this statement about the microaggressive racism. And so some people may say, what does that look like? So what it looks like, for example, is, you know, uh, Ezra's got a couple of like very um, proud Jewish, white Jewish parents and community, and they're all uh, trying to relate to Amira, who is the uh, the new girlfriend, who is uh, who is a black woman, by uh, you know by commenting on on uh, on her hair a lot and talking about how much they really like you know uh, black rap artists and and uh, uh, those kinds of things, which you know often I think folks that aren't part of the black community are, are you know especially when we talk about hair, right? Um, what I've learned is that. Um, you know, a black woman's hair is a very sacred thing, um, and, and it's not my place to comment on it or to touch it or to um, like in, in, ask questions uh, as a white person, right? Because there's an emotional labor that a person who is black, who, who may experience this a thousand times a day, goes, "All right, that's it. I'm over it." Right? Like, stop about the hair, kind of attitude. So um, the writing style becomes really important because Jonah Hill brings in kind of that almost improv felt like comedic style. And then there's this juxtaposition with the, okay, but there's actually some microaggressive racism stuff here that we want to address. And the way they do it makes you feel a little icky and uneasy, but it's supposed to, right? It's supposed to be like, why does this feel kind of like, why are these these white parents so awkward? And it's because they're, they're, they're presenting in this microaggressive way and they don't realize it. And so we're watching that through their lens, which I think is, a really interesting way of approaching this uh, social commentary. So the writing becomes really important in that authenticity. And what about the acting? You know, I, I mentioned uh, quite a, uh, a list of, of big names off the top, but the cast doesn't stop there. There's other uh, um, actors in, in this film. And can you tell me a bit more about them and, and how their yeah. performances were? For sure. Well, of course, obviously you mentioned uh, Jonah Hill right off the top. So he is our... Our Ezra, a 35-year-old-ish white uh, man who is looking for love and finds love in Amira, who's played by Lauren London. And uh, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the guest star, uh, the cameo actors that pop in and out are several, especially in at a Jewish function. So we see folks like Rhea Perlman pop in and out for little cameos, which is kind of fun. Uh, Ezra's parents are played by David Duchovny and Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and uh, Eddie Murphy uh, is uh, playing uh, Amira's father. So there's a lot of really heavy players in here. I think there's a lot of really lovely acting. I mean, we normally see Eddie Murphy as a really comedic um, essence in a in a piece, and he in this character is much more like uh, like power to the people, very straight, very stern, very um, uh, very opposite of what we see him in many of his films. But that has to be there to to juxtapose Jonah Hill's kind of slapsticky buffoonish type comedy. Um, so it's it's quite a recipe of of different characters and of course when you put Julia Louis-Dreyfus in anything you know she puts her foot in her mouth in every movie that she's ever been in but it's kind of a joy to watch and you can relate to that um, as well as be kind of like oh that's interesting I feel kind of weird in this moment and I don't know why uh, but this film asks us to to feel uncomfortable uh, for a reason right we, we, we kind of should be as white folks at least feeling this sense of like okay there's something going on here and they're they're sending this message to me through this comedic styling. Well, and there were also to some Canadian references in this film. Can you kind of uh, tell me how did they fit into the story? Okay, so here's the truth. I have no idea how they fit into the story because they don't fit into the story. There are Canadian references. Um, so the movie, of course, uh, is filmed in Los Angeles and set in Los Angeles. Um, but they mentioned the CN Tower a lot. They talk about the Toronto Raptors a lot. Um, so there's some like like really interesting Canadian references that... Um, that don't fit into the plot line. However, um, I did a little bit of research and I learned that uh, Kenya Barris, who writer, co-writer, director, uh, is a big fan of Canada and so wanted just to pepper some of that stuff in there as a little nod to Canada. So it doesn't really fit into the plot in any way other than like you have a random character who's a Raptors fan and that's mentioned a few times. And so, uh, but it, I mean, as a Canadian watching it, I'm kind of like, oh, <laughs> hey, you're talking about 
<laughs> in a way. So it was kind of funny to see that, but it really doesn't fit in as a plot device in any way. Hey, sometimes those are the best little things, yeah. you know, these little nuggets, these little uh, Easter eggs, or not so much Easter eggs if they're talking about it and blatant about it, but it's just these little non, uh, non-consequential uh, pieces of the story. Yeah. Uh, in in terms of the actual like review of it, it, it's gotten some mixed reviews. Rotten Tomato has given it forty three percent, or that's the rating on Rotten Tomatoes. What do you make of those reviews and that kind of critique of this film? You know, I I, I kind of align a little bit with that with that critique critique rather. So uh, you people um is a is got an outstanding cast there's no doubt about that and there's plenty of comedic potential but i think mostly um a lot of the time felt like it was wasted on like this i don't know uh this ping pong match between social commentary and comedic value and it doesn't really it doesn't really sort of choose which one it is in this genre, so it leaves you a little confused. I felt that it was a little bit longer than it needed to be, and I, I'm, I'm recognizing this more and more in films that I that I see as when I start to feel the length of a film and I go, okay, this could have been over 10 minutes ago, or like how much more is there left of this? I start to wonder about um, about the the tropey effects of it, right? If there is something about it that says the opposite of the message of the film, and I think I'm going to start talking a little bit more and more about that as we as I transition in my film reviews, because it's something I'm really starting to notice. So I did notice that this one was a little bit long. I will say though that some of the tropey stuff that's in there, um, uh, the stereotypes again, uh, the stereotypes on uh, you know Jewish families, for example, um, and uh, and the performative allyship. Um, you know, they do a lot of sort of like this white commentary of uh, supporting black community members in part in terms of saying like the police are unjust. Right. And we, we refer to that as performative because allyship is wonderful, but allyship also requires a bit of action. It's not just talk. So you can sit there and say, oh, yeah, I feel really bad. And I see what you're saying, because the, the police are, 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 are not uh, equitable to black community members. But as a white community member, you have enough privilege that you that you don't experience that on an everyday basis. So it's kind of a, it's an all talk, no action kind of thing. Um, but again, those things are really important because the hope is, I think the message is that they want folks, especially white folks to look back and go, huh, that's interesting. I may be doing some of these things and how do I unlearn some of these things in order to be a better ally. So I think there's a there's some some of the the stereotypes that we see and that we experience every day that are really important to recognize in a piece like this. So I think that there's some really uh like the, some message merit in this um and which is why I wanted to share it with everybody. Yeah, that's great. How was the audio description on this film? Yeah, audio description again becomes really important. We need to to recognize uh, diversity in a piece like this. I talk a lot about diversity uh, in my movie reviews, and 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 this is why I think it becomes important. Otherwise, you know, description has a as a sort of white able bodied lens, and um, then I live in this world, and I don't want to live in this world. But when you have uh, programming that is culturally specific it becomes really important for me to know which lens uh, of the character is being addressed. And that is super, super important. That doesn't mean that if we're not looking at a film that has uh, cultural commentary to it, that we shouldn't leave out the diversity description piece. So I think this one did a really great job of, of balancing the diversity, but also making sure that that um, that I had all the pieces I need to follow the plot line successfully. Again, really important in a piece like this. So now's the big question. You kind of alluded to it earlier when uh, talking about the Rotten Tomatoes score, but what yeah. would you give this film out of 10? You know, if Rotten Tomatoes gave it 43%, that would be like a four, four and a half out of 10. I don't ever rate anything that low because there's value in everything I watch, even if I would never watch it a second time. I always learn something. So I gave this one an eight out of 10. Uh, again, I think for me, Jonah Hill has never been the strongest performer that I've ever enjoyed watching. And so some of it for me was kind of like, wah, wah, Jonah Hill. And had I had there been somebody else in there that wasn't so like slapsticky kind of improvised comedic, I think I probably would have got a bit cleaner message from this. But I think that that kind of, for me, watered down the significance that was underlining this film. So I gave I gave it an eight. It's worth watching. Um, if you're a Jonah Hill fan, I think you'll you'll quite enjoy it. But for me, it's you could replace Jonah Hill with just about anybody else and <laughs> get more value out of it. Sorry, Jonah Hill, not my favorite. 
Well, Amy, thank you so much for bringing the review and, and bringing this film forward. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking movies with you. Thanks, Alex. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. That was Amy Amanti, AMI's movie reviewer and contributor in Vancouver, BC. Today, she reviewed the film You People, which is currently streaming on Netflix. And coming up after the break, farmers markets are coming back to Regina. And uh, Blaine Deutscher has the details in his community report. But first, Apple's signature lightning ports may be becoming a thing of the past. Here's reporter Mike Dubusky with Tech Trends. 9 to 5 Max, Chance Miller says there's a reason that Apple has kept its proprietary lightning charging technology around for so long, even as its competitors have moved over to USB-C. Basically, the ability to lock down the iPhone, sell its own chargers, its own accessories that use lightning. But recently, 9 to 5 Mac got its hands on a plastic mock-up that Apple made of the upcoming iPhone 15 Pro. On the bottom of the iPhone, just where the lightning port is today, uh, we can see a USB-C port. Miller says it follows new European Union regulation that stipulates all new electronic devices use USB-C for charging. So Apple is basically doing this to comply with that regulation. It basically has no choice. New iPhones are expected in the fall. With Tech Trends, I'm Mike Dubusky, ABC News. Welcome back to Now with Dave Brown on AMI-TV. I'm Alex Smythe, in for Dave. The dead of winter may be a dreadful time and be dark and dreary, but as much of a drag as it can be, there's also some things to still look forward to. Here to share some local community events in Regina, Saskatchewan, is Blaine Deutscher. Hey, Blaine, how's it going? It's going all right, and yourself? Yeah, not too bad. So. Blaine, the Regina Farmers Market is back in business. How popular are these farmer markets in your city? Well, being in the prairies, it's it, it's very popular. It definitely uh, when it's open in the in the summertime and it's outdoors, it it brings that uh, you know people downtown. People, you know, you all of a sudden start seeing more people uh, versus just people working downtown. Um, but it supports obviously local farmers and it's it's really huge for for the industry there and and there's a lot of people who do crafts and different things and so it's they get to now show off what they've made all winter long uh if they grew stuff or maybe they've been making sausages whatever uh they get to now bring it out and and for us in the cold prairies it's kind of a sign that spring is is literally around the corner. So I always look forward to that because it's like, yes, the farmer's market's here now. Yes, it's indoors, but spring is here. Warmer weather's around the corner. So it just, I think people get a little pep in their step when they see that the the farmer's markets are back. It, regardless if outside currently it's like minus 30, minus 40, it's, the spring is still around the corner. I like that optimism, Blake. Now, uh, you kind of touched on it. What are uh, offered at these uh, farmers markets? Is it a variety of different things? Or is it mainly food? Is it mainly crafts? Like, what can people expect when they uh, head to the farmers markets? Well, in market markets that I've been to, I've seen everything from uh, honey, from honeybees that uh, bee heart, bee hobbyists have uh, brought in. Uh, they've got. Uh, uh, in the fall, a lot of people bring in their potatoes and stuff that they've brought in. Uh, I've seen local beer vendors come and and have their beer on so people can buy it. And it just, it gets people to realize, hey, there's a really great brewery I tried. What's the name of it? I go around personally and I collect business cards because if I try something, sure, I may be able to buy it at the farmer's market, but I also want to be like, hey, this meat ranch has amazing habanero-infused ground beef. I want some of that. What's their number? Versus waiting till the farmer's market. So um, it's a great networking opportunity. And I I mean, everything you can think of. I've seen, like I said, beer and some craft stuff, dog toys. There was one lady selling dog stuff. So 
every there's a little bit of everything really you had a really kind of great tip there about collecting the business cards because it's so true it's like if you find something you like and you enjoy it it's like well where else are you going to be able to find these types of items unless you kind of find out where their direct contact is so what other tips you have for people who who maybe visit a farmer's market and maybe you know are, are trying to navigate it or figure out how the best kind of maximize the experience a bit well i know for orientation purposes uh a lot of the booths are always, are generally kind of around the outside part of the um the building so you can kind of walk around a bit and cross over and um the the vendors themselves if you are looking for like if i'm like oh i smell bread when i walk in they're really good too about just walking up and saying hey i smell bread oh yeah there's a a baker in the far right hand corner and you might have to just validate you mean like behind me right or you know your right um but they're really good and and they'll even walk you over sometimes too if there's a couple people at a vendor they'll just be like i'll be right back and take you over to that vendor because too i always tell them you may have helped me find a local vendor that i wanted to find but i'm going to ask questions about your vendor and i'm probably going to come back and see what you got yeah it, it's so important and i think that's part of the charm of farmer markets in general it's it's far more community focused it's it's very local people are just friendly it's it's nice to get out and connect with other people for you when you go to a farmer's market is there any like food or drink or anything that's like your favorite you're always trying to find either the best of this or there's something that you're always trying to constantly pick up a new version of when when you go to a farmer's market well, I got to say the honey from the honeybees, you don't get any good like that in store. So I always try and pick up on that. Um, and I love spicy food. So I'm, you know, if there's a butcher that, you know, there was one last year that I went to and they had, um, it was bison sausage of sorts, but it was like with, habanero peppers in it and it was just so good and and i loved it and i actually came back afterwards and and bought some for um because my fiance and i we make a sunday and uh, saturday and sunday's uh suppers when we're at her parents house mm -hmm. and so i was like you know what i like this let's buy it and we did and it tasted really good and i'm gonna buy it again because <laughs> i loved it and uh but i'll try everything like the 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 beer was really good. I I took a, I think they had four packs of the king size cans and, and now I found out where they brew out of and, I support. So, pay a little more, but I I definitely support the local. So that's great. That's right. You're making my my stomach rumble in, in the morning over here <laughs> playing with. Well, the they've even got, they've even got breakfast stuff. It's yep. crazy. Like the. The food trucks are out as well usually, so you know if you're like, oh, that guy that sells the Bannock uh, burgers is there again, like you just know it's there, and you're like, yeah. yes, it's Wednesday afternoon, it's it's Saturday, I'm gonna run down and and a lot of them too. I bought one time uh, granola, and I bought it in a. They called it a growler, but it, I guess it was a growler. It had the resyllable, resyllable lids. Mm -hmm. And if you brought that glass jar back, you actually saved a little money on them refilling it versus buying a brand new jar. So if you liked granola, you've already got the container. Yep. They'll put it in their containers for you, but you save a little bit by bringing, recycling their container. There you go. Another, another tip from Blaine Deutscher. The Regina Farmers Markets are open Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. local time. Now, uh, Blaine, you also wanted to talk a bit about the Neil Squire Society hosting their third annual Swing Into Spring fundraising a bit uh, event. Uh, like it, it's described a bit like a princess ball. Like, what exactly does that entail? Well, um, so there's a lot of cool things going on with there. Um, it starts off with the princess all coming out there's a little like parade type thing of the the princess and princesses being brought in they've got a nice beautiful archway for you to feel like a princess for your little ones or heck if you wanted to bring out your inner child you can dress up as your favorite uh 
superhero and prince and princesses and and go. Uh, they have story time with them. They have a pizza party with uh, ice cream bar. Um, and it's there is so much stuff for the two hours that it's on. You you won't be bored and your kids won't be bored. And there's extra stuff. Like I know on the website I looked at, it listed what your tickets got. But you can also buy additional stuff. Your kids want to get their hair done to look like a princess. They can do that. And all proceeds go to the Neil Squire Society. That's great. That's great. Now, um, we'll be sure to put all that information up on our blog uh, after the show, ami.ca slash now blog. Uh, Blaine, thank you so much for taking time. Fill us in on a couple of uh, events happening in, in your region. It's always great to catch up. And now my stomach's rumbling. I'm going to have to eat some sort of sausage <laughs> afterwards. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you so much. That was Blaine Deutscher, who is our community reporter in Regina, Saskatchewan. Coming up after the break, we are going to check in with Brock Richardson. But before we do that, there is another news story I wanted to share. Microsoft is ready to share Bing's new chatbot, and Mike Dubusky has the story. Conversations with the new Bing can now go on for longer, and you can access it more times over the course of a day. Microsoft saying it's looking to responsibly bring back longer conversations with the AI after a string of reports where it gave unusual or at times offensive responses. The new Bing is also now available on Android and iOS apps. It's being integrated into Skype, and it can talk. The company saying it's using text-to-speech technology where users can dictate a question to Bing, and it will respond in its own voice. Mike Dubusky, ABC News. Now, we always want to hear feedback from you guys on the show. You know, we, we always put up those daily polls to participate. Today, it's asking about how you consume news. But, you know, beyond that, just get in touch. Let us know what you're thinking, how you're feeling. You can uh, contact us through Facebook at Accessible Media Inc. On Twitter at Accessible Media Send us an email or selfie video at feedback at access, uh, AMI .ca, or leave us a voicemail at 1-866-509-4545. And don't forget, give us permission to play your comments on the air. You're watching Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods. <laughs> 